Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. We're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft and Marks. My name is John. I'm the host of this show and the producer of Wrestling Daft with Rab and Grado. Uh, with me, sitting across from me, virtually to my right on Zoom, is a man bigger than the big, big ladder at Money in the Bank. It's Big Alex. Good afternoon, John. I hope you're talking about the ladder that Big, Big Jeff Hardy jumps off. Yeah, yeah, it is the big, big ladder that Big, Big Jeff Hardy goes up to to take the big, big bumps. Fantastic. So I don't want to be a normal size ladder. That's just yeah. Yeah, exactly. And not someone that's normal size. Someone that's big in the wrestling industry. He's drops name. In fact, I was going to do a little analogy what you can normally do, but I've got a feeling. What's that here? Is that the name drop alert? Yes, it is. Because he's about to drop a name right now. It's Gary Cassidy. <laughs> Who did you interview this week, Gary Cassidy? Hello, John and Alex. Uh, this week I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Matt Riddle, one half or one third of the NXT Tag Team Champions, which was uh, great fun. Absolutely, and we have... Even if it was at 3am. <laughs> Listen, you've taken one for the show. We have that interview. Gary has been all over the wrestling press. I've seen him on Cultaholic, I've seen him on Bleacher, and now we have that full interview with Matt Riddle on this show today. Gary, what can we expect from... The stallion. Um, honestly, uh, he's the kind of guy that just couldn't care less what he... Not that he couldn't care less what he says, but he's not going to try and hide anything. He doesn't try and put on any kind of facade. Um, so he tells me a wee bit about, you know, the bros are weights, about NXT. But of course, I had to ask him about the rumours, you know, the backstage heat that he supposedly had at the Royal Rumble. And then what he thought about uh, Goldberg, uh, his, recent, uh, <laughs> his recent wee run in WWE. So... He had a, quite a lot to say on that. It's definitely one that, you know, I said that it was 3am. I was absolutely knackered before I done the interview. And then when I was doing the interview and afterwards, I was wide awake because I was like, man, that's, he said quite a lot of stuff there that has got my mind ticking. So definitely one hopefully people will enjoy. No, Did I- you have a little counter down the bottom for every time you said the word stallion or bro? <laughs> <laughs> and then we could have had a bet. What did he say more, bro or stallion? Bro or I, stallion? I did not, but um, I, I'll let you in on a wee thing that I, I did before um, before I hit the record button. I phoned up and, you know, I'll keep the person's name out of it, but the person that had set it up, um, the only call just phoned me. It was the same as the last time. Just phoned me. I'll be sitting with him and I'll pass the phone to him uh, when you phone. And I phoned and I was like, hello, is the name of the person there? And it was... No, bro, it's Matthew Riddle. I was like, oh, man, that's the most Matt Riddle thing ever. Right. <laughs> good fun, definitely good fun. Right, so, listen, we've got that interview on the show today, though it does sound like you've recorded it on a modem. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, the, the software um, wasn't quite my best friend, uh, we'll say, so the audio wasn't amazing, sadly. But if you like the audio and you want to check it, well, then you can just go on my Twitter and I've got the article linked if you prefer reading as well. You can do that old-fashioned thing called reading as well, but you'll be able to hear the interview with Matt Riddle. And I believe you, you, might, be talking, 
they might be dropping another name here as well for this week, Gary. I um, so annoyingly, I had I messaged about a potential interview for this week, uh, last week, and I was just too late to get a, a pretty big interview. It might still be happening. I'll just say the name of who that is, um, but it might not happen, so you know, don't get the hopes up. Uh, I'll do a John, what John normally does at the end of the show. It's no hardcore Holly. Um, <laughs> it's no, it's not another big name. Um, but I was meant to be interviewing John Boxley. Sadly, I was a wee bit late on that, so I might get that one next week. We'll wait and see. But it's a good replacement I've got anyway. I've got Christian. Um, so hopefully that'll be one that people will quite enjoy hearing as well. Wow. And hopefully we'll hear that on this show. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Most um, definitely. Um, listen, we'll get into the Riddle interview and, and, and more on that later, but I need to put this question to you because I thought this was great. Now, Chris on Twitter, he's one of our Wrestling Daft people on there. Uh, you can get us on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft. Listen to this question. I want to put this to you guys. He says, given that Piers Morgan seems to have had a bit of a face turn after being a heel for so long, you know, because he seems to be a man of the people now over this whole uh, COVID-19 stuff. He's He's taking the government to task, all this sort of stuff. So Piers Morgan's going through what, you know, from a heel to a face. He asks this question. Can you think of any other celebs who have turned heel or face? Alex, could it come to you first in this one? I can think of a few, right? So, so my first thought was like a nice big face turn. You could think about like Robert Downey Jr. and his like return from like his, his drug addiction and stuff. Yes. And then my mind started going down. Who's done the opposite? So I went to like Lindsay Lohan. And then things started getting a little bit darker. So I started thinking about who's done the same thing in sports. I was like, oh, Tiger Woods. Yeah. I know Jay Simpson. And then I started thinking about the acting industry. And I got on to Kevin Spacey and Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. So, that's, so then I just stopped. So I don't want to think about this anymore, John. I've had enough. I'm done. Right. There's a lot have went face. There's a lot of went face to heel. There's not so many went heel to face in the celebrity world. I've kind of found what I was thinking about. Gary, have you got one for us? Uh, again, mines are quite dark. I'll, I'll avoid the other, you know, the other um, face to heel ones because they were all quite morbid. One that went uh, for heel to face, weirdly, I would say, was Jade Goody. That's also quite a morbid yes. one, but I'd say she went uh, heel to face. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my one uh, I quite liked that went face to heel. I was very but when you sent it over, I was like, I immediately went to entertainment stuff and character because I think the original heel, the guy that would have been amazing in wrestling, is Wu from Gladiators because I think he went face to heel every single week. And more <laughs> heel turns the big show. Um, so I think uh, Wolf for Gladiators for me. Wolf for Gladiators, brilliant. He's also got a theme tune pre-ready as well. It's pre-recorded. That's very, exactly. very <laughs> true. Very true. Um, I had to go for the ultimate, yeah, I think the ultimate uh, face to heel. None than Sir Jimmy Savile, surely. <laughs> I still can't drive through Fort William, mate, because of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but surely that's the ultimate turn. Anyway, listen, we've got the scoop this week with Matt Riddle. That is going to be on the show later on. We're going to hear how Gary got on with Matt Riddle. Um, on Fancy Booking Island, I won last week, so I hold the book. So it's Alex versus Gary on Fancy Booking Island. And this week, we're keeping it topical. We want to book the Money in the Bank winner and how they're going to cash in. So that's what's going to happen on Fantasy Booking Island as Alex takes on Gary. We'll be burying and putting over all the stuff from the shows this week. And Gary will have all the news from the business. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So, as always, someone needs to cut a promo on something they're not happy about in the world of wrestling. And as usual, it's John. Here's the microphone. 
I'm telling you something, Alex. Here's what's doing my goat in at the moment. It has done for weeks. I think I've talked about this before, and I'm at the end of my tether with it. In the olden days, let's go back to WWE in the 80s. Let's go back to WCW. People would walk to the ring. They stride to the ring with purpose. That's all you need. That's all you need, right? Then we get into a wrestling match. Ring the bell. Here we go. Now, right, I love an entrance. Don't get me wrong. I love an entrance, right? But someone started this, and I don't know who started this, somewhere down the line, that everyone now, every wrestler that comes to the ring, and especially on products like NXT, they have to have some fucking ridiculous hand symbol gesture shit that they do on the stage. And then they go to the ring and they have this pre-planned little thing that they do, this little act that they do. Now, fine, right? Now, maybe one or two people get away with it. Finn Balor, for example. Let's just, we're letting Finn Balor off the hook here. because AJ Styles? AJ Styles, no. He's no, got he's, merch with it, mate. He's got merch with it. He's got merch, but it's, I'm not accepting it. So, you know, here's my bit of advice. You know, if you want to do little hand gestures or something like that, learn sign language, go and interpret for the deaf or something like that. Get on an airport, you know, be one of these people that signal to the planes to come in. You know, be a traffic cop, handle stuff in the road. If you want to do little hand signals and gestures, do one of those professions. Do not become a professional wrestler. There is no need. There is no need to do hand gestures. Just get your arse in the ring, let the bell ring, Boom. Let's have a good match. Don't fanny about going about with little... You've seen them all. You've seen them all, and everybody has to have one now. It's a thing that everybody has to have one. Why? Why? John, who is hurting you? Who who have you seen recently? Who's hurting you so badly? Everyone. Alex, it's everyone. You watch NXT every week. They just come... Everyone has to do something. They have to hang off the rope or hang upside down or do a cartwheel into the ring or, you know, do some sort of fancy... Dominic Dijakovic points at his fucking eyes. I mean, (laughs) come on. I'll admit, the one one that gets me is always Pete Dunne just just doing that all the time, just constantly punching his own face about eight times in his entrance. I don't really mind... uh... I don't mind that stuff, but I think it's more noticeable now when it's, uh, you know, there's no crowd and they climb onto the turnbuckle and do the, the big, you know, like, that's the, that's the one that gets me. But also, the other one, and I think they've edited them out in the past, Rhea Ripley was the, the famous one, that she interrupted a brawl and still done her taunt on the stage before interrupting the brawl. And it's like, no, you should have a sense of urgency, ur- urgency to run to the ring and stop the brawl. <laughs> exactly. Stop it now. It's certainly, like you say, more noticeable because there's no crowd to react to this shite, right? So let's just <laughs> put a full stop. <laughs> let's put a full stop on hand gestures and little symbols and all that pish. Get into the ring. Have a wrestling match. Thank you very much. John most definitely does not think hand gestures are um, too sweet. And for anyone that just uh, tuned into the podcast, John is not talking about the type of hand gestures you think he's talking about. <laughs> I've got a hand gesture for everyone that does that. <laughs> the the video version. Here you go. You're all a bunch of... Uh... <laughs> right, now it's time to tell you about Patreon. Now, Patreon is a service which, if you've not heard of it, it's a subscription service where basically you give us money and we'll give you extra content. And it's that easy. 
Um, basically, we've got set up on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. You'll find there three tiers. Um, which you can choose. Um, each tier has a different level of content on. So tier one is our Cruiserweight Champion. That's about $4 a month. For some reason, we have to do it in dollars. I don't know why. It's about three quid. Um, I would say that'll get you a coffee for the week, but no one, none of the costas are, are open. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just spend your money on Wrestling Daft, uh, Patreon. Um, basically in tier one, you're going to get only chat community. You'll get ad-free versions of the shows. Uh, get early episodes uh, access, bonus content from the shows. You get a full video version of the Marks podcast, so you can see me, Gary, and Alex. Though so Alex has went to the toilet, so you won't see him <laughs> at this point. Um, you can vote on what you want to see in the future in the, the list of wrestling daft as well for Raven Gradle. And there's Alex return just as we speak about him. Um, tier two, Intercontinental Champion. That's ten dollars a month, about seven seventy. About two of your costas, which you can't buy. Uh, you'll get everything from Tier 1 as well as a video version of Rab and Gradle on the flagship show. And trust me, you want to see the video version from this week. If you've not seen any of our videos so far, the one with Hornswoggle, you need to see. That's the video version by signing up to be an Intercontinental Champion or a Patreon. Um, you'll also get an invite to our Patreon pay-per-view parties if you sign up to be an Intercontinental Champion. And we're having one for money in the bank! Yay! So, you, you, I don't know, I've not asked you boys this yet. He's up for it, coming on for a bit of Patreon party this uh, Sunday? I don't think I'll be doing anything better. So, um, <laughs> sounds yeah. good to me. Well, there you go, Alex Yen. As if working at nine o'clock is a thing during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I'm just not... looking that day, it's fine. Exactly, yeah. if you're in lockdown and you can't be bothered going to your work till nine o'clock, stay up with us, we'll be watching Money in the Bank together, me, Alex, Gary, and the rest of our patrons. You can get involved as well, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. And you'll also, on tier two, get a bonus episode once a month, which we're thinking should be out next week, and possibly it's going to be Grado the beginning as I interview Grado and his beginnings in wrestling so we're going to start that hopefully that'll be out next week and tier 3 finally that's $20 a month but 15 quid everything the previous tiers and you'll get free tickets to live events when we get them up and running once this shit stops uh, you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt as well with the design of your choice if you've been signed up for a minimum of three months and actually we've been on the go on patreon for three months so we're just about to send our first lot of t-shirts out to all our patrons just now so get signed up there plus you get the chance to come on this show as a mark uh, and great rab and gradle this week are also looking for 20 dollar patrons to get involved in the flagship show so we can question them I don't know what Greg was going to ask, but yeah, you can get signed up there. So if you fancy coming over Patreons, like I say, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, and we'll welcome you in to our roster. So every week we like to look back at the big wrestling shows and basically bury and put over all the good and bad from them. At this point, we like to bring on a Phil Mark so none of us have to watch SmackDown. And uh, our special guest this week is from the Scottish Wrestling Network. He set it up. He's the man in charge. It's Billy. I, I, SmackDown. God. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, hello. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Billy, listen, just in case people don't know what the Scottish Wrestling Network is, please tell the people what you do. I spend a lot of time writing about Scottish wrestling and roping anyone that'll do it to write about Scottish wrestling as well, because I love it. So everyone else has to know about it as well. 
So obviously it's a bit slower for you at the moment, um, Billy, with it, with obviously this whole lockdown scenario. But you've kind of come up with a novel way of how to keep the, the Scottish wrestling scene alive, haven't you? Tell, talk us through that. Well, um, I, for some whatever reason on Twitter, there was a reminiscing about five-star wrestling. Um, <laughs> Rest it so. <laughs> yeah, and someone made a joke about the, the big tournament and I was just like, well, what if I do a 128 wrestler tournament on Twitter? And uh, Dean Ford, who, who wrestles for PBW mainly, went, well, do it. So that was it. That's how it started. Um, we just did an online tournament and wrestlers seem to be getting super involved with it because there's nothing else to do. Um, so they've done promos and and uh, they've, they've been nipping at each other and just getting involved. And so we did that, which uh, was won by Grant McIver um, from Source. And then, I was going to say, my favourite one was most definitely Grant McIver. Um, he, the, the his was amazing. His. <laughs> yeah, yeah his, his, his No Mercy one, I think, because that one. Is, is, he did uh, the No Mercy uh, unlock screen for his attires, which was just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also had Ian Skinner he did a load, load of TikToks for it and when he got eliminated he just went into a right huff it was just brilliant um, so yeah then we did the Battle Bowl which was wrestlers got to enter themselves into it so it was old school like WWE Battle Bowl so as we're still in lockdown King of Trios is next obviously because we've done single we've done tag team so Clan Warfare there we are and uh Again, everyone got to enter their, their own team so that folk would actually get involved. And the last team entered was Wrestling Daft. Yes. Now, on that, right, okay. So do you take bribery on this? <laughs> How does this work? Um, it's it's all Twitter-based polls. So as long as you make up enough uh, fake accounts, I'm sure that you'll be able to get through. That's good to know. That's good to know. Listen, oh, I've got a couple of contacts in Russia. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. <laughs> Alex, I'm, I'm coming. To, I'm coming to you on the tech, Gary. You've got the social following, so yeah, we, that's how we're going to roll on this one. I would say that Grado and Rab, you know, obviously they've got thousands of thousands of followers on Twitter, but there is no chance we'll get anything from those. Listen, <laughs> so, um, we're on our own. So who's who's our first opponents, Billy? Uh, you have I'll get their names up last opponents <laughs> <laughs> you've got the team called Two and a Half Men right uh, there are Mark Monroe Ace Anderson and Dylan Angel if you are listening to this podcast our, our match is on Wednesday is that right Billy? it is yeah Wednesday it'd probably be around about five o'clock-ish it's just whenever right, okay. if, you're li- if you listen to the podcast between now and Wednesday at five o'clock Get on Twitter, get onto the Scottish Wrestling Network Twitter and vote for Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat or the Marks. I think we're under, aren't we? We're, you're under is that, but that can change if you want to chips, cheese, I think we've got to change the Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat, John. I think that's by far the wrestling daft faction that I insist we change yeah. to. Right. We can do that. We'll get that done. So, yeah, get involved uh, and obviously follow the Scottish Wrestling Network for all the up-to-date stuff going on in Scottish wrestling today. But let's get to... The weekly TV shows, and as always, we start off at AEW. Alex, so there's been a little bit of a recurring theme here in terms of drinking and wrestling. Normally, every week, John's pissed notes come up, and somehow Billy can't get uh, results better from my CW because everyone's too pissed. And I'm afraid this week, my notes are slightly questionable. <laughs> <I'm not going. laughs> so, um, 
You're probably going to be able to tell from my list of berries here, my level of sobriety. So, probably number one, Mr. John Moxley for still listening to Metallica CDs. Yeah, that man. <laughs> so it was a promo, and he was like, obviously cut from outside his house, and he's like, I'm going to get in that car, I'm going to drive to Georgia, I'm going to stick on some Metallica CDs. And all I could think is, someone needs to get that man's Spotify subscription so he can make a playlist so he doesn't have to keep scratching CDs in his car. <laughs> so, so that's one. And my second berry is um, Cody Rhodes for throwing Darby into his wife. <laughs> yeah. And also kind of brandy for changing during the night. I'm assuming it was more of just an editing screw up, but that wasn't good. Wasn't good. <laughs> And As you can tell, there were some pretty weak berries that week. Yeah, and what you sorry, John? Because you always have lots of good putovers. <clears throat> well, I buried the bubbly bunch last week, but I have to pull over that bubbly bunch this week, one hundred percent. It was the oh, what did he call it? It was somewhere in Canada. It was some kind of melee, and so the the inner circle did there. It essentially a brawl through a phone. <laughs> now I have a list of who it all was, and I apologise if any of them was wrong. So they had, in terms of wrestlers, you had the librarian, Pierre Avalon, Jungle Boy, big old, I'm going to call him his AEW name, Soul Train Jones. <laughs> then somehow Chris managed to get on slight people of slightly more like mainstream fame. So we had James Garrettson from Tiger King. Fortunately enough, I watched that recently, so I knew who that was. We had Jay and Silent Bob. Then we had Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses, the one I have to look up, Gabriel Inglesis, who's apparently a comedian. And then they had the Incredible Hulk with Taser. <laughs> that brought up the best ever clickbait, though, because I was very tempted to write an article with just Hulk appears on AEW, and <laughs> AEW logo and just see how mental it went. <laughs> and to top it all off, John, they had your boy Swoggle. Your boy Swoggle was on there as well yeah, from last week. I saw, that, I saw that. And if you've not listened to that episode of Wrestling Daft, one of the best yet, go back and listen to it from last Friday with a big interview with Hornswoggle. Uh, I want to put over, mate. Second thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him his due because I've been up almost about to put it over every week, but I've never quite got there. And that's Taz's new little move analysis segments, right? I, I kind of I had a little bit of a giggle the first time I saw them because. I find Taz slightly hilarious when he's talking about trying to be all serious. It just doesn't doesn't work for me. But of all the wrestlers to do it, he does make sense as a technical guy. And I think it's adding some legitimacy and it's doing something a little bit different that we haven't seen before. So I think it's quite cool. I think it's quite good. Yeah. And oh, it's got to be Dustin versus Archer, doesn't it? It has to be Dustin versus Archer. Although I've just kind of noticed that Lance Archer has emo music. And <laughs> I'm the only one who thinks that they came out dressed like a tag team. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like Dustin and uh, Dustin and Archie look way more like a tag team than Archie and Dustin, which I don't understand. I, I, but, um, I did love when Archer came yeah, out with that jobber. Like this jobber who's appeared on AEW for the last couple of weeks, he basically just came out and threw him out as he was walking into the ring. It was brilliant. I've particularly not mentioned squash matches this week, so I've let Marco stunt off. But um, no, I really like that kind of the underdog Dustin character. I much prefer it this week when he's just when he doesn't need the retirement thing to make the match mean anything. And yeah, they've managed to keep Archer looking like a beast. And they had that moonsault from the old school on the ropes. And you even had the kind of throwback with Cody in the towel and stuff as well. So it's tied a lot of good narrative threads together. And I think there's a lot of hype for Cody versus Archer, which I believe they're doing next week. Because if they're sending it to double or nothing, it doesn't really make sense to have TNT 
championship final not on TNT. Yeah. No, it is actually meant to be culminating at double or nothing, which is bizarre. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the same. It should be on TV, 100% should be on TV, but apparently it's a double or nothing. Like, if I'm an exec for TNT right now, I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you name your championship after us, but it's first, it's going to be one not on our network. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, this is a very good point. Right, okay, NXT from me. Um, right, let's go to the buddies. Uh, right, Johnny Gargano does not work as a heel. We all agree. I, no, I'm not a fan of it. I quite liked a couple of the wee, a couple of the wee lines I said I, I quite liked, but um, I am not a fan. It just seems like he, he obviously in, in this episode of NXT was uh, a company Candice LeRae to the ring for our match against uh, Casey Cantazaro. but you know he's doing all the kind of heel management stuff and all that sort of stuff. It just, it doesn't seem natural. It's, you know, some people seem natural when they do a heel turn. He seems really forced. And I, I, I don't like it. I don't. No, they should have done. They should have done like a weird odd couple thing with them where they turned Candice heel and left Johnny face. I like this weird yeah. like, dynamic between the two or done something like interesting like that. Because she could have still won the match for Johnny, but he didn't know about it or something. And I was going to say, I, I find with Johnny Gargano, he's, he's, instead of a, his angry face, it looks like he's about to cry face. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he tries to do a really angry promo where he's supposed to be getting all this heat, he just sounds like he's just whinging. And yeah. that automatically just makes go, just, just, just be nice again. You're not good at it. Just stop being angry. I really liked the one line that he said where it was uh, currently residing in my heart. I thought that was uh, that was brilliant. But apart from that, I wasn't a fan. No, no, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. The other thing I'm going to buddy from this week uh, is Adam Cole around the house again. I've talked about this for a couple of weeks now of Adam Cole just finding different places in the house of where to cut a promo from. And just be honest with the audience, he can't get out of the house clearly. And now he's cutting houses. We've had we've had his swimming pool. We've had his greenhouse. We've had his living room, and now this week he was in his garage. So, um, aye, not a fan of it, but I guess needs must in these times. I also find that he recorded them all in the same day. Uh, yeah, I, I think he has. has. I think does he does he still have that like niggling wrist injury that he's had for ages? Could they have just maybe taken this as an opportunity to maybe try and heal that? Maybe give him some time off because he was working like a bloody idiot when he had that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he should have done that. I tell you what, another, another one for, from this week, just a, an honorary mention. It's probably uh, I don't know, I didn't understand why they had both Tom Phillips and Mauro Ronello on commentary. Whatever happened to the two-man commentary team? They could easily had Ronello and um, Beth uh, on commentary together rather than the three of them. I don't see, I didn't see the point in that. Maybe Beth's not got enough Beths. I, I don't think she's can cut over Morrow very well. And you notice from a lot of the NXT commentary, he often speaks to Nigel, but he rarely speaks to Beth. I thought Tom Phillips was there to kind of distract for the fact that Mauro and Beth weren't in the building. Um, I thought that was the main reason he was there, was just to kind of have an on-screen presence. Although I don't think it was needed, but I thought yeah. that was the, the reason. Yeah. So that's the, the, the buddies from this week. Let's uh, move on to the put-over. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was burying the fact that people were getting kidnapped on live television and no one was reacting to it. <laughs> but I'm now intrigued. Of, I want to see where it goes. You know, it, I think the one thing I would say, it, obviously with this luchador kidnapping thing going on in the NXT, if you haven't seen it, basically luchadors are getting kidnapped all over the place. Phantasma's been able to fight them off. 
Uh, but it's very similar to kind of Dark Order because they're obviously they've got the Lucha Mass on and they're, they're doing that thing. But I'm now intrigued to see where it goes. And, you know, I'll be intrigued to find out. I, you know, I expect a, almost like a Nexus-style invasion of NXT with all these Luchadors. I think that'd be really cool to see. So, Does there, there could be any connection between them and the SmackDown hacker? Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. Because they, they're starting to have a little bit of continuity between all the shows, so maybe it's... I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I'm also going to put over um, Candice LeRae. I think she looks good as a heel. You know, but the opposite of Gargano, actually. You know, they've done the NXT thing of putting her in black and dyeing her hair, but that new heel theme she's got coming out to is badass. See that new finisher? Oof! The that, finishing move, aye. The, that the finishing move sear. is great. That looks sear, I, I have to say. I wouldn't even want to take that one. Um, so, yeah, the Wicked Stepsister finish has gone. Looks really, really good. Um, so, yeah, putting over Larry is a heel, but Buddy and Johnny is a, a heel. So... There you go. Make with that what you want. Um, and match tonight for me, it was just the pure hoarseness. The pure hoarseness of Keith Lee and Damien Priest throwing each other about like big bastards. Love John, I don't know who Damien Priest is. Sorry. Alex. Punishment, Rodriguez. Thank you very much. I know you don't recognize Damien Priest. Uh, so, yeah, that was it from NXT. Now it's time for Billy to take the SmackDown blip. It's picking up the last couple of weeks. Billy, what have you got for us? Well, is this the first time I've watched SmackDown in full? Well, in full. It's only about an hour long. Um, for about eight years. Uh, Look what you've done to the match. Oh, I'll, I'll just to plug Clan Warfare. I've done this for you guys. Right. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad, really. Um, there's just a lot of stuff. You know, um, so Daniel Bryan cut a great promo with Corbin, um, which I really enjoyed. I enjoyed, I like Daniel Bryan. He's obviously wrestled in front of nobody before. So he's able to just kind of still control, not control a crowd, but he's able to control an audience. So he's still got some laughs where he's little like, little, not insider jokes, but like he's sort of like lampooning of just this whole situation. Um, take an elevator to to win money in the bank so you can go to the top and all that kind of stuff. And that was great. Um, and Corbin, he, he brought his half to the equation as well. So that's my first up, um, at first uh, put over. It was just Daniel Bryan and Corbin because um, they really bounced off well with each other. And the match itself was pretty good as well. Um, but it's Daniel Bryan. You really got to expect some sort of good match out of it. Um, but quickly followed by my first down is we've still got Nakamura and Cesaro attacking Daniel Bryan, which I thought might have just stopped after WrestleMania. Um, so we've still got that. And then Corbin has still got two pals with him. So that doesn't seem to ever end. He's always Corbin is the two. most charismatic wrestler on the roster and everyone just wants to be his pal. That's the only way we can that, think that be, it. The that be the only reason because he, he seems to have all these, these bad guy friends but always I, either give him an entourage that stays with him or just don't bother. Don't Just don't throw random bad guys with him because it just seems stupid. Um, a lot of other stuff happened. The Firefly Funhouse uh, yeah, I'm a little bit over that at the moment. I, I feel like we've been over-fiended over Firefly at the moment, and it kind of culminated at WrestleMania uh, with the Firefly Funhouse match. I think because we're in a situation where they're all using as like as little 
amount of wrestlers as possible. Um, I would have preferred if Bray had a bit of a break and then would have had a, a big run up to SummerSlam. But uh, we've just got to work with what they've got, I suppose. I'm not that excited for Strowman versus Wyatt. Is it Wyatt or the Fiend he's facing? Uh, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse Wyatt. Yeah. I'm even less excited about it now. Um, <laughs> it's the P. Wyatt versus Strowman. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still, gonna, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm, I'm in lockdown, so it's not like I have to get up for work at any particular time. <laughs> um, then Seamus versus Jeff Hardy teased. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a put over because that seems to be quite exciting. Actually, no, I'm going to reserve that because there is actually a good thing coming up, uh, which is Sonia uh, attacking Mandy, uh, which was great. Uh, Mandy and Sonia, who seemingly, I thought they were fairly like a charisma vacuum as, a, as fire and desire um, on screen. When you see them with things like, uh, what's that, Ride Along, they sound like they're great. Um, they're so funny and all that kind of stuff. But on TV, they just look like crap. But this feud has been one of the best this year, which you never thought would would happen um, when you when you when you saw them in the outset. But yeah, the great intense attack uh, from Sonia onto Mandy, uh, which was followed by Otis making a noise when Ziggler <laughs> spoke to him. Um, I'm I'm probably in the, I'm very much in the minority. I'm not a fan of Otis. Oh, which makes it which makes the main event worse because I'm not a fan of Ziggler either. <laughs> so <laughs> I just you don't like ridiculous over bumping or the caterpillar. Yeah, you should have just turned it off at this point. Really. <laughs> I, I I I get why we should like Otis and I get why we should dislike Ziggler, but I don't have any opinion on Ziggler, good or bad. Now just, he he had his peak what in 2012. Uh, when he was world champion, and then they never capitalised at that point. So, what are they gonna do with him now? He just signs millions of dollar contracts and just does things. Um, <laughs> the broken John's heart is John had a picture of Dolph Ziggler winning money in the bank as his background until the bandwidth couldn't handle it. They went the background. <laughs> <laughs> there was a re- that was a reason the bandwidth was just was was doing the right thing there. Um, <laughs> right. So, so what have I done so far? So I've went up. Then uh, what's left? Um, oh God, the Forgotten Sons were there. <laughs> <laughs> that about says it all. To be um, and then and Tamina is there as well. <laughs> it was. I don't know what's happening with SmackDown. They've got some good stuff with Sonya and Mandy, so that's great. Put over that. They've got Tamina in a title picture, so that's bad because Tamina's been there for what, ten years this year. And she still wrestles like it's her first week. And, uh, I think. Anyway, I'm not a wrestler. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I don't know if, if she's good or bad or, or in between. But she looks like she doesn't know what she's doing. And she looks confused a lot of the time as well. And for someone being there 10 years, shouldn't look so confused. I think. I think Tamina's a really odd one because... <sighs> The crowd really couldn't care less about her, and I think like, I'm, I'm not being. I'm trying not to be harsh when I say that. The crowd could not care less about her, but a lot of the female wrestlers really love her. Like Nikki Cross is going on about how how she loves her backstage. So I don't know. How, I don't know how she has backstage, but it's just a it's an odd one that she's getting the push again. Even with an empty crowd, I can feel the air just leave <laughs> Irina when Tamina's out. Um, I'm sure she's lovely. So what was the match of the night then, Billy? Oh, God. Uh, right. I'm going to go with 
Daniel Bryan versus Corbin, I think. Even with the DQ finish, um, it was still a really great match up until uh, the DQ and Cesaro and Shinsuke and all that kind of stuff. But considering what, what else was on the show, that was by far the biggest highlight. Fair enough. Um, let's move on to Raw from last night, Gary. So um, this isn't a bit, but the one thing I just want to mention is a wee bit of an annoyance that uh, Alex mentioned earlier with AEW. The same thing happened with Titus O'Neil and uh, Bobby Lashley, where they were wearing almost exactly the same gear, uh, where they were in black with kind of yellowy gold trunks and tights, which that is a pet hate of mine as people wearing the gear that makes them look like a tag team when they're against each other. But that wasn't a bitty. Um, the overall match I'm going to bury, which is an odd one, because gauntlet matches, I normally love gauntlet matches. Um, you know, we've seen great ones with Seth Rollins getting made a star than when he was lasted an hour in one. Kofi Kingston was, you know, he was already a star before it, but he's shown during a gauntlet match with an amazing one with Ruby, uh, Ruby Riot a wee while ago. But this gauntlet match was not good. Um, it was very... You know, they had Bobby Lashley come out, they had him run through a load of folk, which I don't mind, I would quite like us to get a Bobby Lashley push. Um, but he, he ran through a load of folk and then got eliminated by disqualification for touching the referee. It was just kind of, uh. And then after that, they had Humberto Carrillo have an amazing showing for no real reason. We've not seen him for a long time. Mm. He yet again ran through Zelina Vega's faction, who can't buy a win. I said that last week. That is a real annoyance. And then AJ Styles returned, which was amazing. It was well, his OC top. It was great to see him back. It's always great to see him back. Um, but there was no explanation. So the full gauntlet match for me was just, you know, it was easy to watch. It was fine. It didn't drag on too much. It lasted an hour. It had about six or seven competitors in it. It was okay. But for, as far as gauntlet matches go, it needs to be buried because there's been such high standards set for gauntlet matches that it was just not amazing. Um, yeah. My second buried... Um, is Akira Tozawa's theme tune. Akira Tozawa came out. No, I'm not done. Before <laughs> what mess with Akira Tozawa's theme tune? No, my second bury, um you know, I, I, I think I'm making a habit of this. I said last week that I hate um, Barry and booking decisions, but I really didn't like seeing Vink and Thorne beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I think Cedric Alexander and um, Ricochet have been doing very well I thought, you know, Vink and Shane Thorne didn't need the Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne didn't need the, the win. It was a bit of an odd one. It was an okay match. I quite enjoyed the match, but I just didn't like the result. And I feel like, you know, Ricochet and Alexander, you could have just they, they could have lost eventually, you know, losses don't hurt everybody, but I just thought you could have kept going with them and, and had a bit a bit a better run before they gave them the loss, the first loss. That, that's I think that's a ridiculous booking decision. You know, how buried has have Alexander and Ricochet been on that main roster? Jesus man. It was just like I heard Ricochet and Cedric Alexander won last week. Paul sorted that out and just left the room. Aye. <laughs> it was just, you know, because um, like Vink and uh, Thorne last week, MVP kind of introduced him. He's meant to be like kind of a manager. He didn't accompany them to the ring or anything, so there was still a VIP lounge at the start of the show. It was just a bit odd. It was a good match, but it was just a bit odd. And I feel like it's, it's probably good that they're pushing these two, but it's the kind of thing where pushing them over the wrong people and not having enough character development to them is probably going to get them a worse reputation than it is a better reputation it was just I didn't, I didn't like it so I need to bury it uh, and in, in terms of the putting over I'm, I'm repeating myself here I'm not going to put over Drew McIntyre this week don't worry um, but I'm putting over Liv Morgan uh, 
I've, I've mentioned it before. I don't like Charlotte appearing on both NXT and Raw. I think just keep her at Raw. Uh, sorry, just keep her NXT if she's a champion. Uh, but she appeared on Raw. And who interrupted all but Liv Morgan? And I just loved the kind of you know the long term story, uh, long term storytelling. Uh, Liv Morgan was written off TV by Charlotte. She had to go and find herself. Uh, she came back out, interrupted Charlotte. She didn't directly address that. She just made some subtle hints. And then I really liked the match. I thought they had a good match. And uh, you know I've, I've been saying it for weeks. Liv Morgan for me is the the most improved wrestler of 2020. Um, definitely probably overall for me. I think she's been absolutely brilliant. So. I definitely think Liv Morgan needs to be put over. Um, and my other put over, you know, I mentioned earlier, like, I hated the gauntlet match. I, I thought that just, I hated the strong world, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it could have been a lot better. Aside from the gauntlet match, I'm going to put over absolutely every other match that was on. There was no enhancement matches, which is the one thing that I've been boning about for weeks. And every other match was uh, booked right, and every other, other, other match was quite enjoyable. So I'm just putting over, you know, every match that was in the gauntlet match. And can you pick a match of the night from that selection? Not the gauntlet. Not the gauntlet. No, um, so match of the night. Again, there was a wee bit of confusion about this. I was certain last week that this match was billed as a title match, and I didn't know it wasn't up until the result happened. But the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits was absolutely incredible. Um, I've said that for a few weeks. I'm, I'm no massive on tag team wrestling. No, for any reason. It's just never been something I've really connected with. But this was an incredible tag team match. I really enjoyed it. Um, apart from the fact that I thought the Viking Raiders had won the titles when it ended. But I thought it was a great match. So definitely one to go back and watch. Cool. Well, uh, thanks very much for coming on, Billy, and doing Smackdown for us, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, just no for anyone that wants to get in touch with the Scottish Wrestling Network, how do they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter most days because... We're working from home, so I definitely don't spend my day on Twitter. Uh, at Scott Resnet, so, uh, or just type in Scottish Wrestling Network, you'll find me somewhere. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, online. I think we've got a Tumblr. I don't know. <laughs> Might have a TikTok by the time this goes out. Who knows? Wow, wow. Um, oh, maybe, no, maybe not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if you look up Scottish Wrestling Network, I'm sure you'll find us. And if you want to write about Scottish wrestling, give me a shout. We're just needing all the content because there's no wrestling happening so let's just uh, fill your eyes with wrestling writing instead love it um, and uh, good luck with the clan warfare of course you can vote for us we're taking on these jabronis two and a half men Mark Monroe Ace Anderson and Dylan Angel with Mike Tyson and a tiger try to be all funny in that <laughs> very good boys We'll see who wins tomorrow. Uh, get voting for Chips, Cheese and Donner, mate, as we're going to go under now. So get voting for us in that. And uh, good luck with the rest of the tournament. I'm pretty sure we're going out in the first round, Billy, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> Never know. You might be the finalist. You might be back on here in a, couple, in a week's time and you'll be the, the in the final. Right. What, what do we win, by the way? Is there cash on the line? You win nothing but uh, bragging rights. Right. Twitter so. plays. Twitter plays. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, you can put it on your bio <laughs> thank you very much and remember if you want to get your buddy put overs for anything in wrestling remember we'll get them on the flagship show with Rab and Grego this week so hit us up at Wrestling Daft on Twitter Insta Wrestling Daft Podcast and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the wrestling news with Gary Cassidy. <laughs> it's better it's John. <laughs> Listen, Alex, you can play. I've got the music <laughs> and everything now. After you're moaning about me blinking singing it, I've got the music and everything now. So. Well, you're, you're professional, John. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what has been happening? I mean, I mean, obviously, we're in this lockdown. There's, well, there is wrestling going on, but there's not, it doesn't seem to be a lot of massive news. What's been going on this week, mate? No, again, it's been it's been odd. Um, this week, people might be glad to hear we've not got much coronavirus news. Um, that's been dominating for the past few weeks, so so nothing like that. Everything else is a wee bit more uh, light-hearted, kind of. Um, but I, AJ Styles returning on Raw mentioned it there. That was obviously the, the big news. <sighs> it was killed, in quotation marks, at WrestleMania when he was buried. The only, the only wrestler, I'll say it's acceptable to say, has been buried the past few weeks. It was buried in the Boneyard match against Undertaker. Um, and he's made his way into the Money in the Bank match. Uh, Money in the Bank happening this week, you know, he replaced Apollo Crews. Dave Meltzer has revealed <coughs> revealed um, that the plan was not originally for AJ Styles to return. Um, it was originally planned to be off TV for much longer, but plans changed a few weeks ago. <sighs> the original idea, that's the quote, the original idea was to come out longer, but I think with the ratings falling, it's kind of like we can't adhere to this Undertaker stipulation for a guy who's not hurt. And so many guys are hurt and not coming, so he's willing to come. Blah, blah, blah. Um, mentioned it before, you know, I've got, I've got respect for a lot of stuff Dave Meltzer does. Um, he's been about for years. But this, that, um, the words I think in that sentence are doing a lot of work. Uh, because man, Money in the Bank is happening this Sunday, but it's, of course, pre-recorded. And I think most people know that. It was recorded way back on April 13th, the week commenced on April 13th, I believe 13th or 14th is when they recorded this match. WrestleMania, of course, took place on April 4th or 5th, which is a week before. Obviously, that was also pre-recorded. I think that was uh, March 25th or 26th. Still about less than two weeks in between that. If they were going to have AJ Styles off television for longer than that, and, you know, it's the thing is, you know, Apollo Crews is out injured. Obviously, Apollo Crews was never in the match because it was recorded way back on April 13th. So the fact that he qualified after the match has been recorded means it was never the plan anyway. The other thing that I'm seeing is ratings, or it's because the ratings are low. They wouldn't have had enough time to account for a post-WrestleMania bump if that was the case. So Dave Meltzer has said that that was the plan um, to keep AJ Styles off television for longer. I would go out on a limb and say it was most definitely not an AJ Styles is always meant to be in the match. Um, but who am I to say? It's not like Dave Meltzer sort of talk shite, is it? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll uh, plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> so far, have you not learned from your mistakes? Because first of all, you had your journal in, in a certain football show in NXT, and I think the next guest you're going to be introduced to is a certain Mr. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, Dave. Bring it on. Um, Zach uh, Ryder, obviously, 
has been out talking after he's been freed now as well. He's out doing the circuit. Ah, yeah. So um, obviously he's one that a lot of eyes are on heading into whenever the ninety days is up. I believe it's the middle of July. Um, but in that time they're free to talk and talk as openly as they wish, uh, which a few of them have chosen to do. Zach Ryder's one of them. A lot of people have been talking about you know him being the internet champion back when he first. I think when he first started in WWE, it was many years ago anyway. Um, but it was you know the internet champion. That's how he ended up with his big break. Apparently, the reason the belt never appeared on TV, which this is something I hadn't actually noticed that the belt didn't appear on TV, because yeah. I felt like it was getting still referred to as internet champion. Um, but he said that apparently people thought it was being a mark for himself. Um, on this show, we don't mind people being marks for themselves anyway. Um, <laughs> but apparently, that's a, <laughs> that's what uh, that's what the the thinking was anyway. He had kind of argued that, you know, it didn't ever mean it to be a legit championship, which I think is kind of obvious anyway. And it was more like the Million Dollar Man's belt where it was meant to be more of a prop um, and, and kind of lead with that gimmick. And I think even when I actually checked this, and I think it actually was meaning it more than a, you know, it wasn't being a mark for himself with being an internet champion. It was kind of a self-deprecating thing that he was doing. Um, but you know, I, I felt that he was getting himself over quite well at that time. Obviously, they had a few wee moments, but he said that despite it, you know, it being a thing that he was referred to, despite him having merch with it on it, he was never allowed the belt on TV because people thought he was being a mark for himself, which I thought was kind of strange. But oh well. And I, I mean, the thing is though, that was so over at the time when he was doing the Z Y on True Stories. It was like, it was so over that. I mean, he was, I've heard people say he was the first to take YouTube and the first to, to kind of start shooting on YouTube and doing his own thing and going out. Look at all the wrestlers that do it now. You know, he was the first there to do that. And that internet championship, I mean, and watching the YouTube series that he did, it was so over. So I, I thought it was just really strange that WWE didn't push the button on that or or him for a, you know, that matter. I mean, I know he got his chance down the line, but at that time... Aye. When people were chanting, I, I talked about it before, when people were chanting his name, when the rock's in the ring, you know, saying, Aye. what, Ryder? You know, what? what? Why not? Push the button. Anyway, so. Um, he's also got over 2 million followers on Twitter, which I know doesn't account for, like, stuff in wrestling, but the fact he's got, like, at the very least, some crossover appeal and a, a massive following. Uh, odd. Very odd. Talking about odd, there is some strange shit going on with Roman Reigns. Harry, <laughs> fill us in. Like, this, is, this is bizarre. So I can lead into this way. I'm even straight. Uh, I'm maybe not even strange. Oh, this isn't quite strange, actually. But yesterday, WWE uh, released, you know, they released these full matches on YouTube. And it kind of normally flies under the radar. They don't mention it on television, but they mention it on social media and post the YouTube video. They posted the video of uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. I want to say 2016, might have been 15, I want to say 2016. Um, the one where Dean Ambrose cashed in and all the Shield members held the title on the same night. They completely cut out Dean Ambrose for that video. So they had the Roman Reigns Seth Rollins match in full on YouTube earlier yesterday. That was just posted. And completely cut it off right before Dean Ambrose's music kept from the cash in. Last night, they're running through all the money in the bank. I think it was greatest money in the bank moments because it wasn't the wasn't cash ins. They had, you know, the Shelton Benjamin flip off the ladder and stuff like that. A load of good stuff. Um, obviously, the Seth Rollins cash-in was the main one. That was, you know, the greatest Money in the Bank moment. They'd edited, edited it slightly strangely. Um, so we see, you know, obviously, if you've seen the match, you know it's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. It's Seth Rollins is running to the ring. 
if you didn't know any better, you might not know who it was, and you wouldn't have found out because uh, Seth Rollins ran to the ring, and then it was cutted in such a way that it looked like he hit a stomp on Brock Lesnar and pinned Brock Lesnar to win the championship. Absolutely no sign of Roman Reigns other than that tiny black dot in the ring for the extreme bird's eye view at the very top of the arena. No idea what is going on. There, there has been rumours uh, that they're trying to keep the mention of Roman Reigns off television. Again, no idea why. You know, no idea if it's true for a start because obviously they had mentioned the up on YouTube. Um, but last night would kind of lead you to believe that there might be some truth in it. It would make you think why are they maybe doing it just because they don't know how long this current situation is going to go on. They don't know when he's going to be back. Although they maybe want to keep it for a big surprise when he's back and hope that you know he gets a, a big pop if there's crowds in the building. But I just find it really strange for a start, obviously, because they, they completely, I know that WWE are no strangers to bending history a little bit, um, but because they bent history a wee bit, and then also because they kind of made it look like Seth Rollins pinned Brock Lesnar. It's a bit of a strange one, but oh well. So I think it's potentially because they kind of promised the storyline for why Reigns wasn't at WrestleMania, and that just pistled away. And so maybe they're just trying to like cover everything up and not mention Roman until he returns in six months and he can get a babyface pop. I think that is. I think that's the more likely thing. I think it's probably a combination of them not knowing how long they'll be without him, so not really wanting to mention him, and then he's not there the following week. Uh, probably that, and you know, it has been polarizing. They might get a big pop when he returns if nobody expects it. If the music hits. The instinct might not be to shout boo, <laughs> it might be to cheer him, you never know. Yeah, it's just dangerous music, then that's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I've been the only one that's cynical here and thinking that has he pissed off Vince that he pulled out so late in the day to that from that Goldberg match and obviously they had to switch the big plans in that Vince has just went, well, I'm throwing, throwing the toys at the pram saying, well, just get him off the telly, get him off. I don't want him mentioned, uh, edit him out that bit. You know, I just find it really, am I being cynical or? Maybe uh, because it's Roman. I, I, that's the thing. I think he's got such good grace in the company that I, I wouldn't directly lead down that line. It's, it's definitely a possibility because, I mean, why else would you keep him off TV? His name alone for me, I think, has got a lot of star power that even just having him in a highlight reel is probably good for the product rather than bad mm. for the product. And I thought he did have such, you know, such good, um, I don't know, he's such well, he's so well thought of in the company that it's really odd for him to have any kind of heat, for lack of a better word. So I just, I found it really strange, but I didn't believe that uh, that line until I saw the package last night and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe there is a wee bit of something to this. And of course, the biggest news of the week is of uh, Matt Riddle uh, talking about the heat he has backstage. That's been doing the rounds everywhere, but we've got the interview with Gary. We'll have that interview up very, very soon on the show. So, welcome to uh, Fancy's Booking Island. Um, the rules have changed over the last couple of weeks. We now have two islands. One of the marks goes to one island, the other mark goes to the other island, and the other mark puts in a boat in the middle as we fancy book something from the world of wrestling. Now this week, I won last week when I uh, fantasy booked Charlotte's uh, title run uh, in NXT. Not still high on that, are you, John? Not still very high oh, on that. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you know. So uh, this week, the task was set to Alex and Gary. So it's Alex versus Gary on a fantasy booking island book-off. Um, so, gentlemen, um, 
I asked you this week to book the male winner of Money in the Bank and then work out how, where and when they cash it in. I thought it was a relatively easy task, but we'll see how you get on. Um, Alex, going to come to you first since you've got one victory under your belt so far in, the, in this. Sorry, two. Two victories. Two. Very much so. Two, right, okay. Two, you've got two victories under your belt, so we'll come to you first. Um, and we'll ask, you've got three minutes to try and book the Money in the Bank winner and the cash-in. Go. First of all, before the time, timer starts, I just want to thank Gary for the inspiration behind this idea. Oh, no! <laughs> stealing from Gary, this could be minus points already. Right, you ready to go? i the end if you don't get it. Okay, right. Okay, so before the Money in the Bank match, we have Selena Vega trying to convince Rey Mysterio to join her little crew so she's got an entrant in the match. Rey obviously pans her off. So we start down in the reception of Titan Towers. Everyone does their little entrance through the front doors of Titan Towers and has to come in and sign the little login book. Is <laughs> <laughs> Baron Corbin. Baron comes in on his on his throne, right? And everyone just looks at him and just goes, "Yeah, fuck it." And they all just pile in on Corbin and just beat him down and destroy his throne and lock him in a storage cupboard or something. So that's that's him knocked out of the match. So we're then going to go up to the first floor because we're claiming Titan Towers here. So on the first floor, we have a physical museum of the WWE Hall of Fame. So at this point, Otis gets attacked by a statue of Hulk Hogan, but it's not Hulk Hogan. It's Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> we then go up to the third floor and we're in the offices now, right? So suddenly, out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan gets hit with a sledgehammer and then put through a desk and the door closes and it's Triple H's office. We then go up to the roof and on the roof, so AJ starts getting very vocal like he was on Raw and talking about throwing black and Mysterio over the roof. So he attempts to do so, in which Mysterio reverses it into some kind of 619 with a flagpole or some nonsense, and basically AJ Styles gets thrown off the roof. He is now comedy bump WWE King. It's obviously <laughs> right. So we come along, we have Black versus Ray, and obviously Lilina Vegas goons interfere, take out Ray, and leave Black alone in the ring to claim the briefcase. There we go. Alistair Black, money in the back winner. So, continuing on, obviously he needs a chap to go after. So Drew continues blasting out all the hits, takes out all the big guns, goes through Rollins goes through Randy, just every ex-champion, gender obviously in that as well. Meanwhile, Black goes on a similar path, essentially beating everyone that Drew's beating. So we're building up to a big match. At this point, Drew starts rivalry with Andrade, Ranzelina Vega. So we build up, that's your main event for SummerSlam. You have, maybe not SummerSlam, let's push it at Clash of Champions so it can be a champion versus champion match, but for the title, right? Right, so end of the match, basically, Drew wins the match and Vega orders a beatdown on Drew. So then, so she's basically standing there and Andrade is standing over McIntyre. As Selena Vega low blows Andrade and throws him out the ring, gets on the mic, says we're having one more match tonight, and calls out her husband, Alistair Black, to the ring. Who then black masses Drew McIntyre, pins him one, two, three, wins the title. So Selena Vega's faction has been a ruse the entire time to get uh, her husband, Alistair Black, the WWE Championship. That's why they can never win a match. Because it's all the setup. Ah, I like that. I so like that. Was, that. So that was why Gary inspired it. Because every week, <laughs> understand why they can't get a win. Why don't not? Why? Because it's designed that they can't get a win. That's good. <laughs> that is good. Right, a couple of things I really like about. I love the image of them coming into the Titan Towers and having to sign in the, the visitors' book. That is a brilliant, brilliant start. 
Well, I think we've got like I've got a lot of faith in this money in the bank match. Like after the Boneyard right. and the Butterfly Funhouse, I think they can do some really good stuff. Uh, uh, Statue of Hulk Hogan coming alive as well. Plus points for that. Love that. Um, and AJ Styles dying twice. Great. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can pre-produce it, you can easily throw someone off the roof of Titan Towers. Like it's yeah. AJ Styles is essentially Kenny from South Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a million lives of AJ Styles, <laughs> a million ways to die in a WWE ring featuring AJ Styles. I haven't quite figured out the title yet, but we'll get there. Oh, it's so a shame that the cop aren't still about because then obviously they could have had like them as going. Oh my god, they killed AJ. You guys! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Um, the other thing I was going to say, now, am I, am I totally wrong? I thought it, the whole thing was that there's just going to be a ring on top of Titan Towers. Are they yeah. actually fighting through the building? No, yeah, they go for ground floor up. Oh, really? They need to get to the roof, aye. That's so, exactly. Um, both matches are on at the same time. Aye, right. both matches. And the rumour is that apparently the match is going to start at the start of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and end at the end of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So right. while the matches are going on and the performance centre will be cut to things that are happening in Titan Tower. Right. Oh, wow. That's, that's a good that, way that's... to do it, actually. I like that. Because I was trying to think, will it kind of main event the show? Will it be like a 45-minute pre-produced match? Which might be a little bit of overkill. But yeah. anything in like that, I really like that idea. I like that. Right. Well, I like it, guys. I really like that. I... There's a lot to beat there, Gary. There's a lot to beat. But I'm sure you are the man to do it. Just tell me when you want to start the timer, my friend. Well, uh, I'm going to accept defeat already because I'm on a, a zero for three if I lose this. But feel free to start it and hopefully I'll be in time this time. Go. So, uh, I've got it starting, not quite the same way as Alex, uh, because I didn't think of the sign-in thing, but I've got, you know, they're fighting through the sort of head quarters, almost like the, the Super Bowl ad we saw many years ago. Very cinematic. I've got the one we spot where they get thrown through an office door, Vince McMahon's office, and who's sitting there? The McBoss man, um, the Firefly Funhouse uh, puppet of Vince McMahon. Uh, they're all battling away obviously both matches are happening at the same time we get Rey Mysterio and Daniel Bryan a few wee nice hookups that we never thought we'd get Nia Jax starts elim not eliminating but starts taking out those two she's got history with Rey Mysterio for the Royal Rumble as well we get a wee bit of you know back and forth with those everybody's laying each other out and then we get we're at the top of the tower everybody's out and Otis starts climbing the ladder Otis is climbing the ladder he reaches up and grabs the briefcase but it is the white briefcase, and he shouts, this is for my peach, and says, I'm giving this to Mandy Rose. Ends up, he, he doesn't quite get it unhooked. Nia Jackson beats him up. She takes the women's case. Otis is out of the game. And then, you know, we've got Daniel Bryan, we've got Rey Mysterio, all of them are brawling. And the person that grabs the women's case is Asuka. But the person that gets the guy's case is the opportunistic King Corbin. Uh, he gets that. Uh, Black and Styles have been costing each other the match. We end up going forward. They have a best of three going into uh, SummerSlam, culminating in like a 30-minute Iron Man match, we'll say. But King Corbin has got the case. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman has beat Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, and we end up with the versus Strowman. They're slugging it out. They're both knocking lumps at each other. And then Baron Corbin appears. No music. Hits the end of days on both of them and pins Braun Strowman for the championship as the lone wolf, not as King Corbin. So he's there as his old gimmick. And then we end up with uh, Wyatt and Strowman. They go and carry on their own feud. And then uh, Baron Corbin just takes on any comer. The first one, I would say, 
is Mustafa Ali, and that's the way I've got it. You're in time this week, Gary. Well played. Aye, I was, I, I was sitting going, I'm getting close to this time limit. <laughs> right. Things I really like about your booking. Things I really like about your booking. The Otis Mandy bit is brilliant. The, the, I, I would have had Otis winning it. I would have had Otis winning it for Mandy. Just have him win it. <laughs> I had Otis. You know, and having that pay off and having the briefcase, that's a beautiful thing. I, that, I, would, I would, it would be, go back and run have Nia Jax when it. I would definitely have that. Um, like the fact you're crossing over the two uh, matches as well, that's really good. Um, Firefly Funhouse thing, love that. Yeah, uh, with the, uh, Vince in the office. But I'm sorry, Gary. I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> Nia Jax winning the case. <laughs> I'm winning the I case. can't have money in the bank ending with. Aaron Corbin and Nia Jax. I'm so sorry, mate, because but I'm afraid I've got to see it again and he's gonna win again. It's undefeated. There's a streak starting here, boys. There's a streak here. It's good because this means I never need to cut a promo, but it was almost worse. I almost had Shane McMahon turning up on a helicopter and winning the briefcase. <laughs> so it could have been worse. <laughs> Think of that. Someone could do a bump out of a helicopter. They could stretch them off to like a hospital then fly it back over and jump out of the helicopter. Brock Lesnar again. Oh. Well, see, do you know what the annoying thing was? Last year's Money in the Bank was like the match was really, really good, but you just sat there the entire time going, whoever's coming at last is winning this. And then it comes <laughs> out and you're like, aww. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't normally get the big guest though for the last couple of weeks we had the virtuoso on last week and this week we've got matt riddle courtesy of our mark fellow mark gary cassidy yeah uh, odd one so last year i just reached out randomly to his marketing company which is nicely called bro sports marketing um and got a wee interview with him ahead of nxt going live on the usa network so i was like well everything that's going on I was like, oh, i'll just reach out to him again and see if i can see if i can get another wee interview and i uh, oh yeah we'll set it up no worries uh it needs to be at 10 p.m because obviously matt riddle's got kids and i was like oh, that's cool it's a 3 a.m. hour time, so I was pretty knackered. But I got to speak to Matt Riddle, and I will stay up to any time to speak to Matt Riddle, so all good. Absolutely. What can we expect in the chat, mate? Um, a very laid-back Matt Riddle, as you would expect, <laughs> uh, being very open and honest about absolutely everything I asked him. Um, so I asked him about the bros away. So I asked him about Timothy Thatcher. Um, my favourite thing for NXT last week, the newly bros show, I asked him about that. And then, of course, I had to ask about some of the the stuff that's been grabbed online, you know, the rumours of backstage heat um, for, for the Royal Rumble. I asked him about the Royal Rumble. The one thing he said was catering was good at the Royal Rumble, which <laughs> you would expect. Um, so I asked him about that and then asked him what he thought about Goldfog's most recent run. Um, and at the very end of the interview, you get to hear me attempting the, the rhyme of how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby could, uh, fish could fry fish. Slightly better than I'd done that time because I hadn't had a couple of beers. Um, but I asked that uh, and asked if he ever found out the answer, which I got the answer to that, and the answer was five. Um, so listen then to find out why the answer is five. That's not the question I wanted to ask. It should be how much fish could he fish fish if he could fish fish? And I think he could fish more fish than he could fry. <laughs> so here he is. And that's easier to say as well. <laughs> so here he is, the bro himself, Matt Riddle. <laughs> 
Hi everyone, it's Gary Cassidy here and I'm joined by one half, or I think I should actually say one third of the NXT Tag Team Champions. It's the original bro himself, it's Matt Riddle. How's it going today, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, man. It's um, it's a little bit later here than it is where you are, but it's all good. It's not too bad at all. I can't complain when I'm talking to Matt Riddle. Um, so the last time... <laughs> well, the last time we spoke, um, it was actually right before NXT was about to air on the USA Network. So I think there's only one place I can start, and that is the New Bros show. Um <sighs> Man, I think that might end up being one of my all-time favourite wrestling segments. Between yourself, uh, Tim Thatcher and Byron Saxton, it was just one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Um, can I just ask, how and who came up with that? How much creative input did you have into that segment? Well, I think the good news, uh, the, the writing team at NXT at this point, because it worked with me for about a year or so since I got there. I've been there about two years now. Yeah. that was with Timothy Thatcher you're a current um, tag team champion Timothy Thatcher's kind of taking the place of Pete Dunne just now while Pete Dunne's stranded over on this side of the pond where I am um, when Pete returns what's the plan do you think you're going to continue as a three a threesome I should say after what um, what occurred last night or, um, or will there be some kind of faction or is it going to just go back to you and Pete I don't know. 
underestimate how hard people work to get where you are and realize how lucky you are. Maybe you want to just put a little more effort into what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think as a fan like yourself and myself, we all agree. And every fan I think that watched that that night, even if they wanted Bronze to win or whatever, was disappointed. Just like they're just throwing and watch the thing. Even if you want Goldberg to win, you probably didn't want to go, oh, wait, that? Like, yeah. it's just one of those things, you know? So, you know me, I think it was a bad call, but I don't make those calls, you know? I can only give my input, my insight, and my opinion. And that's all I have, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people will agree with that. Um, I've got one last question, uh, one final question to ask you. Um, but thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. The final question I need to ask you, did you ever find out the answer to how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? No, Bobby Fish won't become a sauce. <laughs> <laughs> he won't become a sauce, especially after I beat him to the riddle is five then <laughs> definitely five excellent thank you so much man it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you and hopefully i've not taken up too much of your time no i'm not at all gary thanks again for having me and uh, you have a good night yeah you too man thank you so much take care so that's it for the mark show thank you very much for listening uh, please rate review and subscribe on apple or get us wherever you get your podcast Please, however, don't leave a review like this. This comes from Strath Carnage, who describes the show, and I'm guessing this is not us, boys, so don't worry. I'm guessing this is Rab and Grado, and more specifically Grado. He describes the show as an unfocused, drunken mess. A shambles, shouting at himself, burping, rambling collection of nonsense <laughs> adverts. Will either or any of the advertised stars actually turn up this week? Hmm, who cares? They obviously don't. Why should we? Ironically, a new car crash soundbite sums up this whole shambles. Was that a five-star review by any chance? (laughs) That's some promo he's cut on us, by the way. So Uh, that was a one-star. So don't leave a one-star review like that, jabroni. Um, Put five five stars down and say nice things about us, please. You know, it's nice to be nice, you know. So uh, you know who I think that was? I think that was uh, Dave Meltzer on the Bomber account. That is, that is who it was. Exactly. Or that guy uh, with the Everton shirt from NXT who I cut a promo. <laughs> That's Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, it's Kyle. Damn you, Kyle. Uh, so remember, we're on twice a week. You can catch us on the Mark Show every Tuesday and uh, Grado and Rab on Friday. This Friday show, Grado has left, I've left it in Grado's capable hands. Last week, I said he was trying to get a yank. We ended up with Hornswoggle, which was brilliant. Go and listen to that interview. Uh, this week, he's also trying to get a yank. Um, who knows who it'll be. Fingers crossed it's a good one. I'm pretty sure he'll pull it out of the bag. Uh, so that's on this Friday. Remember, you can get signed up at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Lots of extra content, including our Patreon party for Money in the Bank, which we're going to have this Sunday. Hopefully Shane McMahon turns up in a helicopter. That would be a <laughs> <wonderful thing. laughs> spot, right. spot of the year, spot of the century. Uh, and before we go, I need to ask about the listening roster wrestling. Though I've cocked it up this week. We were asking 
25th anniversary of the Montreal screw job. We've gone through the whole show without mentioning this as what well. What is the most outrageous? What is the most outrageous moment in wrestling? It's not the 20th anniversary of the Montreal screw job. I should have fact checked that. Um, you're about you're about two and a half years too late, John. It was that against the the Money in the Bank cash-ins. But I think do you know what? What the hell? We're going to do the most outrageous moments and shocking moments in wrestling. Why not? What the hell? What's that, guys? Have you got one that stands out from you beyond the Montreal screw job? How about the boss's daughter not only getting date raped into marriage, but also getting crucified? That's a quite big winner there, Gary. The two that immediately come to mind are two we've mentioned a lot in recent weeks, and it's Katie Vick and then the David Arquette winning the championship. Um, but I think my, my favourite controversial moment or moment that you didn't really expect, I think is probably during the Chuck and Billy wedding when uh, Eric Bischoff revealed himself as the best oh, man in the world. That's one that I love. So. <laughs> was, was there also the, also the time when, uh, when Goldust, because we don't want to defile Dustin's good name, did blackface? Oh, I don't actually remember that, but I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I want to Google it. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes almost getting breasts must be up there as well. Oh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> and, uh, and me, me young giving birth to a hand as well, yeah. probably there just for how bizarre it was. So we'll go for the most outrageous moments on the list of wrestling daft this week. Guys, thank you very much for joining me as ever. And we'll be marking out at the same time next week. Audio Frontier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.